You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. Welcome to Life Tree Community Church. If you don't know, I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, honored to have you with us. Um, we're going to go right into the message here. We'll put, just move our offering till the end of the service there, but uh, just want to go right into it that time of worship perfectly, perfectly sets up what I'm going to talk about today, what I feel like God has put on my heart. Um, it's uncanny how well that <laughs> leads into what I feel like God has put on my heart. Um, we're going to continue our Summer of Psalms series, <laughs> and uh, there you go. Um, and I hope you've been finding uh, new appreciation for the Word of God. As you've been going through this, I know sometimes you can read the Psalms, and there's a lot of them. There's 150 of them, and I think you can read them, and I just sort of, you're not sure always what they mean. And, uh, but I think through the writings of King David and others, we've heard what it sounds like when we pour out our heart to God. When we, you know, pour out the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the Psalms gives us a language to know what it sounds like when we tell God what's really going on on the inside. And I think it's interesting because God captured these and he preserved them so that we can have them. Think about that. God said it's important enough that he orchestrated all of human history to make sure that the Psalms were captured for us. Because it gives us these deeply personal windows into the hearts of our ancestors. And God is letting us know, I think through the Psalms, this one thing, ready, that he welcomes our honesty. That's what the Psalms are telling us. God welcomes our honesty. We were never meant to hold back what we feel uh, from him. Um, you know, we're in New Jersey. Not everybody knows how to hold back their feelings here anyway. Um, but uh, some try, some try. But the scriptures are letting us know. God says he's not looking for people that have it all together. He's not looking for people that, you know, look good on the outside or pretend to be good or have that, you know, pretty face he wants those willing to be honest in all the glorious splendor and incredible ugliness that can be. <laughs> God says, bring it, bring it. And often, actually, that's, that's the starting point of a relationship with God. For so many people, the starting point of a relationship with God is not all their religious education all the way up. The starting point, the true starting point for a Relationship with God is the day and the moment you decide to get real with God. The day you decide to say, okay, God, um, let's, 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 let's shoot straight here. One of the greatest gifts, I think, that the Psalms gives us is the freedom to be honest. That God wants real. He's always wanted that. And we are designed to be at our best when we are honest. And so far we've seen David be honest about fears and failures, about weaknesses, about his hopes, about his dreams. Um, and so we're going to look today at Psalm chapter 92 and see what else we get to be honest about. And uh, in all honesty, there was a moment um, this afternoon as I was getting ready to prepare this message that they had this awful thought that, oh no, I haven't spoken in four weeks. What if I'm doing the wrong psalm? What if I'm preaching the wrong, and I seriously had a moment where I was like sick in my stomach, and I'm like, I got it, because I, I just assumed this was the right one, because it was on the bookmark, and I'm thinking, and it was in my head, but I was like, maybe I got it wrong, 
but um, we're good. So that's okay. Um, so um, let me tell you, oh, I was sweating. Um, so, so, I mean, I, had all, I, I was like, I didn't have time to rewrite another one. I was like, you're going with it either way. Either you've heard this one before or, uh, or not, but it's, it's good. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read it, then we're going to break down the context, and then I'm going to reread it. Okay? Sound good? That's how we're going to do this. So it'll be up on the screen behind me. Psalm chapter 92, and the headline says this, A song to be sung on the Sabbath day. A song to be sung on the Sabbath day. And here we go. Uh, there are, I think there are uh, 15 verses, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through them. Here we go. Ready? It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by a ten-stringed instrument. Vic, can you play a ten-stringed instrument? You ever play a ten-string? I don't know what that is. A harp and the melody of a lyre. Can you play a lyre? No? Uh, yeah, it's all right. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Verse 5. O oh Lord, what great works you do, and how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know, and only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds, and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, O oh Lord will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. Verse 10. But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. Yeah. You have anointed me with the finest oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. I love this. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of, of your servant here. Thank you that you have preserved it for these many, many generations so that we could hear it today. Lord, I ask for ears to hear this the way you intended us to hear it, so that we know who you are, who we are, and what difference that makes in our lives today. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. So again, each of these psalms, not every psalm, but many of the psalms will have a context, a, a frame to let you know this is what this psalm is about Right? So you're not just picking up the story in the middle, being like, that's a nice poem, but who knows who that's to. It says, a song to be sung on the Sabbath day. Now, I don't, you may or may not have heard the origin of the Sabbath. The Sabbath may be something that you're familiar with. If you're new to church, uh, it may be sort of a, a weird word. It's not a word that we use a lot in like, our current culture. It's not like, hey, how is Sabbath? You know, um, although there are some faith traditions where that is common, not all. Um, it was first modeled for us by uh, God <laughs> in the beginning, creation. It says God uh, created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he was like, pretty good. I think I'll take a nap. And it says on the seventh day, God rested, right? And that's literally what Sabbath means. It means a rest on that seventh day. And so you fast forward a little bit, and the people of Israel, you know, as time the people of Israel had been, if you know the story, they'd been enslaved in Egypt, you know, Moses leads them out of Egypt, and 
It's this great story. There's a movie about it. Um, and they're traveling across the wilderness, and there's a lot of people, about over a million people. How do you feed a million people in the middle of a wilderness? Well, there's magical food that falls from heaven. It's called manna. And it's this really great white, powdery, flaky stuff. They say it tasted like honey wafer and coriander for all of you uh, spice, you know, who knows what coriander tastes like. Um, but they were supposed to go out and collect the manna each day. And then um, they would eat it and cook with it and make stuff. And God said, only collect enough for that day. If you take too much, it'll rot. So they were supposed to take enough manna for day one. Day, if they kept it overnight, it would rot. Only take enough for that day. And whatever they collected was always enough. It was great. But they couldn't, couldn't keep it the next day, except for the sixth day. Because on the sixth day, God said, hey, collect for two days. Because I don't want you to have to work on the seventh day. I took off. You should get to take off too. So on the seventh day, don't collect. The manna won't go bad. I will make what you collected on the sixth day hold. It'll be enough. It, it's, it'll be a blessing. It's a day to rest from your labor. And you get to enjoy my provision and reflect on how I keep providing for you. That's what the Sabbath was supposed to be about. And then, fast forward a little bit, and then, you know, God meets Moses on the mountaintop, gives him the Ten Commandments, right? And it's great, and there's a you know, lightning coming down and flashing, at least, again, what's in the movie. Um, and the fourth commandment was this, honor the Sabbath. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, which in our language means keep it special. Keep the Sabbath special. Um, now, there's no more manna at this time. They actually have, like, they're, they've got their enough food in other ways. Um, but they're to rest from their labor. God said it's a holy day. Every seventh day, don't work. If you're farming, don't farm. Whatever you're doing, don't do it. Rest from your labor. Okay? Because think about these people. For 400 years, they had been made to work around the clock as slaves in Egypt. You're working, 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 working. Some of you feel like you're a slave to your work. You're just working, 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 working. And God says, I got a gift for you. You don't work on that seventh day. I got you. I want you to take a rest, and I just want you to relax and enjoy it. And listen, I'm giving you a gift, a chance to rest, a chance to recognize that I keep providing for you. You're good. You're not going to fall behind. It's going to be a blessing to you. And we later read that this was also a day for them to, uh, to gather, have a sacred assembly. So they would gather regularly, um, and uh, they would gather on the Sabbath, worship God for how good he was together and celebrate all he had done. Uh, though God was far from done with all he was going to do for them, they would get together as the people of God and celebrate, look what God has done for us so many years. Hey, remember that time God gave us manna? Yeah, that was great. Hey, remember that time God brought us out of Egypt? That was great. Hey, remember? And they would get together and they would celebrate, and they would do this every seventh day for generation after generation after generation. Now, that was what the author of this psalm would have had in mind when he wrote this. Okay, this gathering, weekly gathering, to reflect on all God had done for them. It was a song for when we gather to recognize how good God is to us and to say God's just amazing. He keeps providing. Okay? It's the perfect psalm to kind of talk about when we gather <laughs> on, 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 like this every week, right? So it makes sense. So it reminds us why we get together for church services. Now, before I'm about to say... What I'm going to say, I want to add a disclaimer, okay? Um, now, obviously, I'm not talking to anybody in the room because you're here, and I'm not talking to anybody who's not here. This is not a, um, I don't preach at people. I hope you know that. I never, like, think, oh, if I say this, I'll get somebody or I'll guilt them into things. I have nobody in mind when I share this. Um, we all know that over the past few years with the pandemic, 
a lot has changed in our world. And a lot's changed in our church, right? And many people who used to be here aren't here anymore. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, Pastor Dan, where is everybody? I don't know. <laughs> they haven't told me. Um, and now, listen, there's a lot of reasons that some people aren't here anymore. Some have moved, right? Some things have changed. We've moved, right? We moved from different buildings. We moved from Sundays to Saturdays. That's certainly been part of it. Um, I know life is very different now than it was two years ago. This is not in any way an attempt to guilt anybody into coming back. Clear? Okay, promise. That's not my intent here. Um, I've thought about doing that. For the record, I've thought about it. I just don't know how effective it'll be. So, um, listen, with the advances in technology, we can keep putting out videos. We could very easily put out videos and services and just do that, and it, my life would be a whole lot simpler, right? Like, we could keep doing that. Uh, and those things can help us grow in our faith, those online video, you know, watching. That can help us grow in our faith. But I need to be clear about this. That's not church. Again, not talking to anybody in particular. But that's not church. The word we translate church is the Greek word ekklesia. And it means a gathering of citizens called out of their homes into some public place, an assembly. It literally translates an assembly of gathered peoples. <laughs> that's church, okay? Church is the gathering of people which has happened on the Sabbath at God's direction for generations. What the pandemic cost us was that opportunity to gather. And I'm so grateful that we get to do that again. And I will gather with whoever wants to gather for as long as we're willing to gather, okay? I don't take it for granted. I know you don't either. It's a gift to pause and to rest from our labor, to gather with all those who likewise have received this gift and celebrate how good God is and all he has done though he is far from doing all he's done for us. But that's what we do every week. That's what we do. We gather to pause and reflect on what God has done, what he is doing, remind ourselves of what he will do, that he is continuing to be at work, and it's good for us. So some have posed the question, why does it matter so much if we gather? Can't I give thanks to God on my own? Can't I reflect back on all that on my own? Do we really need to gather? And the answer is, no, we don't need to gather. You don't need to gather, no. Um, it's not a stipulation for salvation in any way. I can't find a scripture that says, if you don't go to church, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> I don't find that one. If you got it, you can show it to me. We'll talk, and I can add that into this message. Um, it's not, it's not included. It's not mandatory. You don't have to go to church, no. But you can't sing this song on your own. And I'm going to tell you why. So we're going to go back to Psalm 92 for a minute. And it says this in verse 12. It says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil of him. Let me ask you, where do the godly flourish? In God's house. In his courts, wherever God lives. Now here, I love the Hebrew word for house. It's really good. It's, it's, it's bayith. B-A-Y-I-T-H. Bayith. 
Bias. Do we have it up there? I think we have the Hebrew word, right? Yep, bias. Let's go. Here we go. Right there. Bias. Okay, everybody say bias. It's the swampiest rendition of the word bath you've ever heard, right? Bias. Like, come on, Lacey, let's give it, let's get bias, right? That's, that's house, right? <laughs> now, I'm sorry. I understand that God is everywhere. God is everywhere, absolutely, at all times. But there are clearly certain places where there is more of God than in other places. Just remember, there's a lot of God in the bayeth. <laughs> there's a lot of God in, the, in his house. So remember, what we read in the Psalms, we have to process through the rest of Scripture in order for us to, like, we can't just assume the Psalm said it because it's so much filled with emotion. We have to verify and filter this through other parts of Scripture. So let's go to this. Exodus chapter 3, okay? Throughout history, we find God showing us and showing up in special and unique. Exodus 3, God meets Moses at the burning bush. God was everywhere. But God was there in a special way and says, Moses is like, God, this is, whoa. Your presence is here in a different way than normal. And Moses Moses had to take his shoes off. And he had to get on his face. And he said, God, I can't even look at you because this is holy ground. God is everywhere, yes, but God is in some places in a unique way. Throughout the Old Testament, when God filled the temple in the Holy of Holies, you've got the outer courts, the inner courts, the holy place, and the most holy place, there was something different about God in the most holy place. Only the high priest could go in there, only once a year, and only after following an arduous process where they had done everything possible to make sure they were qualified. There was something special about the presence of God in that most holy place. And then in Acts, Jesus goes to heaven. His followers are gathered in a room. They are together in a room. And it says the Holy Spirit, God's presence, descended in that room in a special way. And it was like fire. They heard the rushing. It sounded like like wind rushing. But they're in an enclosed room. There's no wind. Because when God shows up, sometimes he shows up in a special way. And we see this most clearly in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Apostle Paul is writing to the Gentiles who were not Jewish people. So they're new to kind of the faith. They're new to church. They're new to all this. And he's helping them understand what this new community actually is. And he says this, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. He says, you're not on the outside. You're insiders now. You are citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Listen, together he says, we are what? Wait, when are we his house? Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Verse 21, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. You caught it, right? When we come together, when we're present with each other, we actually become the house of God. The place God chooses to live, we become something more. When we commit to being present with each other, God shows up in a special way. God shows up in a special way when we gather to worship. That's why the writer of Hebrews encouraged us, don't neglect, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Each day the calendar turns, our world gets more and more crazy, yeah? 
gets, gets wor- I mean, farther and farther away from the time that Jesus walked the earth. We're getting farther and farther. It's getting increasingly challenging to live out our faith. Every single day, it gets more and more important. Don't neglect this gathering. Make this a priority. Make it a value. It's not just because you're supposed to. It's not just because you have to. It's not just because we miss you, which we do. It's nothing like that. But you are missing out on the unique presence of God that shows up in a unique way when the people of God gather. You are missing out on church. You cannot get church online. You can get fed online, yes. You can get truth online. You can hear messages. You can be challenged. You can grow, yes. But you miss out on the corporate presence of God that only shows up in his house, in the bayeth. <laughs> you miss it. He gifts us his unique presence when we gather together. To be clear, this is not about a building, right? Jesus told us that. He said, listen, wherever two or three are gathered, as my followers, I am there among them. You know what that means? It doesn't mean where. It means wherever I am, wherever you gather. It could be a cathedral. It could be a synagogue. It could be a field. It could be the beach. It could be a living room. It could be a parking lot. It doesn't matter. Wherever the place is not important, what matters is that when we gather for the purpose of this psalm, when we gather for a time to stop working so that we can Thank God for his provision in our lives. Reflect on all that he has done for us and worship him. When we gather to do that, God shows up. God shows up. It's not just, hey, we got together for lunch. And, uh, no, when we pause from our work, there's something unique about Sabbath, about stopping from our labor, saying we are gathering for the purpose of honoring who God is, what he's done, and worshiping him. And when he does that, when, when God shows up, something happens to us. The psalmist says this, God, you thrill me with all you have done for me. You thrill me with all you have done for me. When we pause from our work and gather to recognize everything God has done, here's what we gain. We gain perspective. It can be so easy in the middle of all that you are dealing with right now. We're getting ready for the fall, right? September's around the corner. Summer's over, y'all, right? We know it. We're not, we're not letting go, but it's over. You know it. You know it. It's, it's there on there. You can see September. They got Halloween stuff out already, right? It's already, you're already making plans for Thanksgiving. You're already thinking ahead. Maybe you're not in Christmas yet, but you, it's coming, and you got all these things, and it can be so easy in the middle of all that, school, back to school, back to this, end of this, all, in, in the middle of all that, it can be so easy to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle and forget what God has done. I know God is great and all, but I got bills to pay and a to-do list that grows by the minute. My life is flying by. I got more problems than I can deal with right now. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I mean, I mean, God, where are you right now? God, where are you today? Like, I don't want to hear about what you've all you've done. God, where are you right now in my life? And when we gather... When we gather, here's what happens. It's a collective deep breath. A weekly, oh yeah, God has done more for me than I remembered. Oh yeah, how could I have forgotten? That same God is still with me. And I lost sight of that. He's right here. He's right here. That's why this psalm opens with, it is good. To give thanks to the Lord, 
to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening from when I get up on the Sabbath to when I go down on the Sabbath. It is good to devote a day to remembering what you've done for me because I forget. And it says it's accompanied by a ten-stringed instrument, a harp, and the melody of a lyre. I don't know how many hands you have, but that to me tells me there's at least three other people there, which means that's a gathering. It is good. And we're accompanied. We do this in community. It gives us perspective. It's a gift in the middle of our busy days. But wait, there's more. Um, Not only are we given the gift of perspective about the world around us, but also about ourselves. The writer continues with some contrasts. You see him here. Though the enemies of God look powerful, God has made us as strong as wild oxen. You ever have those days where you just feel weak? Can't do this. Oh, tired. See, when we're gathered, we're reminded that God makes us strong. We're reminded because every week wears us out. And some of you are just, you are on fumes. It's a summer, it's great, and you, can, you could take 10 more vacations and you will not replenish because it's not about <laughs> getting away. I was on vacation for two weeks. It was awesome. It took me a grand total of like one hour back in my office to go, oh, oh, I'm back. Like, like I never had the vacation at all. Ever feel that way, anybody? You know, like it's just, when we gather, we're reminded, God makes me strong. Dr. George Wood made this observation. Two-thirds into this Sabbath song, specifically about Psalm 92, we gain a new self-image. He says this, if you feel defeated and overmatched, remember, you are not someone to mess with. Oh, how many of you need to hear that every week? Guess what? Come on out. (laughs) Because we're going to remind you. Because that's what we do in community. We're not going to let you forget it. Every time you come in, yes, we're weak, but he is strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We gather to remind ourselves to gain perspective. It's a gift. And he keeps on going with these contrasts. Though the wicked sprout like weeds. I got, I mean, listen, there's been no rain. And somehow, weeds still grow. There's no rain. And they're still growing. They're like a foot and a half tall in some places. No grass. No grass. It will not grow. But the weeds, they're thriving. And he says, the wicked sprout like weeds. When it looks like the people around you who are living for themselves, who are doing everything that you know is wrong, you're going, that's not the right way to live. And it looks like they're doing pretty good. It looks like they're doing pretty good. Here's what God says. When you gather, it reminds you that won't last. But the godly will flourish. Like palm trees. Palm trees can grow in almost any climate. No matter where they're planted, they can grow. They can grow in New Jersey. They can grow in the tropics. He says, you'll grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. These are like the trees of you know, history. Huge, strong. All week long, it looks like people who shouldn't be are winning. But when we gather, we're reminded that their time of flourishing is present tense. But our time of flourishing is future tense. Theirs has an expiration date. Ours is forever. That's why we sing about heaven. That's why we declare the best is yet to come. That's why we say stuff because vision fades. We forget. 
We, it, it just dims in our eyes week after week after week. We forget it. We go, well, maybe I should try that or maybe I should do this. Maybe I should quit on all this. We need others to help us remember. See, when we gather, we're filled with hope because the truth is shared. Are you feeling old? <laughs> I won't look around. Are you feeling old? Are you feeling worn out? Not looking at anybody at all. Look at the camera. If you're feeling old, if you're feeling worn out, even in old age, says that godly will keep producing fruit, remaining vital and green. Evergreen trees. There is no expiration date on your ability to bless others. How you are a blessing may change. How you do that may change, but the ability to be a blessing will never change. That's why church is beautiful when all generations are together. From young to old, we've got little kids and we've got seniors in here. It's awesome because we've all got something to contribute. We all make each other better. It is good to gather and to sing on the Sabbath because any place people gather to worship God becomes the house of God. And here's the truth. We flourish in the house of God. If you feel like you're drying up, if you feel like you're weary, I'm telling you, be among the people of God regularly. It's God's divine solution for us. So what? So what? We need the gift of gathering. You and I need to receive this gift of weekly Sabbath. You are not attending a service tonight. Think about this. You're not attending a service. You're being transplanted into the house of God right now. It's not a senior center. We've gathered. We've changed this place. I don't care what's on the outside. I'm telling you what's on the inside. We've changed this place. You are now transplanted into the house of God. You are choosing to receive the gift of a unique encounter with God that can restore your soul in a way that nothing else can. You don't have to gather each Sabbath. And receive all the blessings of being with God. You don't have to do this, but let me just encourage you. You get to. We can go to the beach, and that's okay. You can take a weekend and go do work. You can do all those other things. You don't have to come to church each week. No, you don't. But when we gather, we get to do this. We get to receive what God wants to give us. There's no substitute for what the unique presence of God will do when we gather in his house. The psalmist reminds us. God is good. He has given us a gift. And when we gather, we get to receive it in full measure every single week. Gathering as the church is not simply an option for your weekend. It's not just something we can do. This is a sacred weekly appointment that God has given to you through which God wants to form you into the wisest, strongest, most peaceful, most confidently hopeful version of yourself. We're going to close with a song. I'm going to invite the band back up. And it's kind of funny because I was preparing for this, and I was like, really think they didn't have this in the set list. I'm like, man, we really should sing this song. And then I got here and found out that my sister uh, felt like we also should sing this song. So she edited it herself. And so we already sang it, and we're going to sing it again to close because it's Psalm 84, and it just so happened to be the psalm we, we read last week that we just didn't preach on because we had a great message last week from the chaplain. If you haven't heard it, please go listen. Chaplain, uh, chaplain Willie was awesome. But Psalm 84, we were, this was you were supposed to read every day last week. If you didn't get a chance, I'm going to read it for you now, and then we're going to sing it. And it says this, how lovely is your dwelling place, 
O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home. And the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar, O Lord of heaven's armies, my King and my God. Listen, what joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. And I love this. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. A single day. I'm not saying our church is the best church. There's plenty of great churches out there. But I will tell you this, that when we gather, we are sincere in seeking God, and He promises to show up. And His presence it changes us. It transforms us. We flourish. We remain vital and green in the presence of God. It's good to sing. And it's good to be here together because God is good and He is here invite you to join as we thank God for his the wonderful gift of his presence now, as we sing the song I just want to prompt you with this whatever you need God to do in you whatever you you don't need to just come to a service and say I went to church no you need to encounter the presence of God in the unique way that he is here tonight and here's something I'll just I've said I've quoted this before it was shared with me many years ago as a young youth pastor from a a saint who was one of our youth leaders. He was like in his 80s. His name was Halsey. And he said this, you can have as, as much of God as you want. He said, you can have as much of God as you want. And then he would add these three words that were killer. You can have as much of God as you want, and you do. You can have as much of God as you want, and you do. God doesn't limit how much of him we can experience. But we sometimes just don't even tune in. And I just want to encourage you. God is here. So whether you need God to remind you of what he's done for you, or maybe you need God to remind you that doing right will be worth it if you're tempted right now. Maybe you need God to tell you that you're stronger than you think. Maybe you need God to tell you that your best days are ahead of you. That you're not too old to flourish. I don't know what you need God to do. What, he needs, what you need him to tell you. But as we sing, can I just encourage you to let the presence of God which is here transform you. Because we're in his house. He's here. So would you guys just lead us?